Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, I'm Laura. And I'm Joe. And this is Crime Divers. We just thought we'd do a little intro before today's episode. Yeah, because today is a big milestone for us. Yes, it is. Our podcast's first birthday. birthday. It's a year ago today since we released our very first episode, The Timeside Strangler. Strangler, yeah, which um, the reason, I mean, some people might not have listened to that one, but the reason we started with that one is because it was in the place that we were born, yeah. you know, the, where we came from. So we thought... That's where we came from, so that's basically where the podcast was yeah, gonna exactly. was gonna start. I can't so, believe it's been a year. I know it's been a year. So tell me, I'm, I'm gonna ask you a question. Oh, okay. Out of all of our episodes, oh my god, you're putting me on the spot here. Out of all our Patreon ones and uh-huh. our free ones, so there's a lot. Uh huh. Which one stood out to you the most? Which one's been the most interesting? I'm not gonna say favorite because I don't like that no, one. No, for it's not favorite, time. is it? No, but which one's kind of Stood out to you for being most interesting. God, there's actually been quite a few though, because I really like the three boys, three girls one, because that was just that was bizarre. That was bizarre. I like the one I did, the kill me if you can, you know about another bizarre bizarre one. one. Yeah. So obviously a lot of likes the bizarre ones. I think the the one that I quite like was if you're gonna feel that, but do you remember the soap maker of Correggio? Yeah. That 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 just makes me. I just that's a random one. Can I just say something about the soap? The soap. What was it? The soap maker of Correggio. Uh-huh. Can I just say something about that one? Uh-huh. That's been our lo- most least listened to episode. Oh really? Uh-huh. I quite like that one. <laughs> so oh. I'm actually really surprised that you said that. Yeah, no, I like that one. I just, you know, I just thought it was really random. Yeah, but, uh, I don't know if it was maybe too common. Maybe a lot of people already know it. Well, anyway, if you've not listened to it... <laughs> it please, is a good episode, yeah. yeah go and listen to it, because I, I just thought it was just, like, wow, like, unbelievable. So, yeah. I really enjoyed that one. Because that was... If you haven't listened to it yet, it was basically about... Uh, was she, uh, an, an Italian woman yeah. who made soap <laughs> out of people. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's why it started with me, because it's such a... I like the biz- like to be honest. I like the bizarre ones. I, I mean, the sort we... of the straight cut murders. You know, I mean, obviously they're bad, they're horrendous. But 
I do like the ones that are a bit like, really? That really happened? Like, that's yeah. quite unbelievable. And that was a quite an unbelievable one for me. And maybe so. as well. That was our very first bonus one. Mm. And um, was that our first sort of international one? Yeah, well, yeah, I think it might have been actually. Yeah. And maybe because I hadn't, we hadn't really covered anything like that before, like... Eating people, yeah, like cannibalism. Like oh, we, yeah. we hadn't. I don't think we'd come. Yeah, but no, like I just that. that just one. Just I don't know if it's because the name as well. Just it just it's just stuck with me. That oh, one. Well. I mean, there's many other ones that I have enjoyed. Yeah. As well. well, not enjoyed, but I know what you mean. And, yes. Yeah. Well, since I you put me on the spot, now I'm going to put you on the spot. What was your favorite? My favorite. Oh, well, we've just seen we're not seen favorites. I know the most sorry. interesting. Sorry, most interesting. Yeah, I know. Is it? I mean, people who listen to true crime and who do true crime podcasts i think they'll probably understand when we when we do kind of say favorite or enjoy doing it it's not the fact that we actually enjoy it or it is a favorite it's what's most interesting and yeah. or but it's just hard to describe it isn't yeah, it Yeah, exactly uh, i mean like i've been asked before who's your favorite serial killer and i was like i don't have a favorite serial killer that's no. a weird question to ask yeah you know anyway um one that really sticks out in my mind is one of our more recent ones, mm-hmm. and that was the the madness, a moment of madness. Oh yeah, the that... twins on the motorway. Oh, that one, yeah, that was that was bizarre. That was bizarre, and that actually was one of our most listened to episodes. Oh, was it? Yeah, um, and that's when our the podcast really kind of started to take off. Was mm, yeah. I mean that was the start of our third series, yeah. and we were doing all right. Before that, but our numbers kind of shot up. After that one, yeah. After that one, didn't they? Yeah, actually, to be fair, that was actually a really good episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was just because, so... I think partly because I had I had known about the motorway madness bit, but I didn't realise what had happened after that, so I'm not yeah. going to spoil it for anybody, but I didn't realise where it went after that. Yeah. I just thought it was all about... Just about the motorway. The motorway. Yeah. But what happened afterwards, I didn't know that. So, yeah, that actually, I agree with you. That yeah. Is, there's been quite a few good ones. We have done really... I mean, I mean, I think... The reason why we've every case that we've done, there's been a reason for it because yeah. it has been an interesting case, yeah. or because we've wanted to raise awareness, or mm-hmm. just to give victims a voice. Yeah. Um. So saying enjoying it, that's the wrong. You know, that is the wrong word. I mean, like that. This podcast is not about enjoyment. It's not about no. entertainment. No, no. It is about you know telling the the victim stories and yeah, exactly. as I said, maybe as I've said before, um. You know, if there's maybe a, a charity's been set up and things like that, yeah, like highlighting yeah. things that go on in the world, you know. But yeah, like I have to say, I mean, there has been a few bizarre. I mean, that can't buy me love. That has to be the funniest one. Oh god, yeah, can't buy me love because there was no deaths, no murders. There in was that no one. deaths and murders, but it was a crime. It was a crime, and I felt you have to feel sorry for, especially the the lady at the end of the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that but was, uh, yeah, I have to say, out of doing a true crime episode, that was quite a funny one. Yeah, I actually did that. Was a good it was still bad what he done. Oh, totally bad. But at least there was no gruesome crime. No, and, there wasn't you know, any like grisly deaths yeah. and or rapes Although, or anything. Like I would that. say the most horrific one is definitely the Junko one. Oh yeah, that's definitely that's, horrific. I think that's the most horrific one we've heard. Um, Mind you, the Patreon one that we did on the Christmas Day Patreon one, uh-huh. um, which was oh my god, I'm so embarrassed, I can't remember his name. It was the the witchcraft one, oh. uh, where he was tortured. Yeah, Chris was it Christy? I can't 
can't remember his name. I was just like, I, I can't remember his name. I, off the top of my head, I can't remember his name. But then that was the story of the when he got murdered on it was Christmas Christmas Day, wasn't it? And yeah. it was it was like a um they were talking about witchcraft and but it was actually child abuse. Basically. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that one that was quite horrific as well. Yeah, we've but, had a few. We've had a few. Yeah. Um. So. So here's to our next year. I know, and I mean, just want to take this time and thank anybody that you know has been listening to us, even if you've been there from the start, you've yeah. just discovered us. You know, we hope you have you know found our cases interesting. I mean, I know we do talk a lot of crap sometimes, and yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but it's you know when we started the podcast, we were like, is anybody going to listen to this? Especially because it's true crime. Yeah, there's so many true crime podcasts Absolutely. out there, and some of them are fantastic. Yeah, and. I think as well, I always have a, a worry about our accents. I know. But we're just, we're just two normal Scottish women. That... I know, but some people don't like the Scottish accent or they can't understand it. Well, that's true. But, you know, we're, we're just, you know, we're, we, we, you know, we don't claim to be, like, amazing professionals or anything. We just like to tell each other these stories and let you guys listen to them. And, you know, if you enjoy them, then, you know, that's a bonus for us. And let it to every single person, every single listen that we've had... Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. And we hope that you're going to continue with us for the next, however well. Well, yeah, for our next yeah. journey. Yeah. Next part of our journey. Next you part know? of our journey. So, yeah, here's to the next year. Yeah. And so I think we should wrap it up now. And, and enjoy today's episode. Yeah, today's episode is actually one of our Patreon episodes, which we released um, a few months ago now, I think. Yes. Um And... We decided to release that today for our birthday, just because it's from where we're from. It's, yeah. it's an Edinburgh one. Yeah. Yeah. See, so we started with one from Newcastle, where we were born. Yeah. And our birthday episode is a Scottish one. Yeah. And it's very close to home. I Absolutely. mean, very. Yeah. yeah. Very, very close. So. And it, it was an interesting one as well. So we thought, well, why not let our listeners... Listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So enjoy it. Well, not enjoy again, that's the wrong <laughs> word. But, you know, hope you find it interesting. And yeah. we shall see you soon. See you soon. Yeah. Thanks. Bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's Patreon episode. Hello. So this week we are very close to home, Laura. Oh, so are we in Scotland? Yes, we're in Scotland. We're even closer than that. We're in Edinburgh. Oh, wow. Right, okay. And East Lothian. Oh. Okay, so, right, we're getting a bit close now. <laughs> What's happening? Well, you've probably heard of this case. I'd heard of this case. It's called the World End, World's End Murders. Ah, yes, I have heard. I actually have heard of it. Yay! Both of us have heard of a case. I know, but to be honest, I I have heard of it. Obviously, I would know parts of it, but I don't know the yeah. full story. Same. Um, You know, like, we know the name of it. We know why it's called that. Yeah. Um, I knew what, what the actual incident that happened, mm-hmm. know the name of the guy who done it, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. So, is that pretty much what you know as well? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like I, say, I, don't, I don't know how it, it all pieced together, yeah. I just know parts that I've heard about it, so it, it'll be actually quite interesting to know the, the full story. Yeah, so should we dive in? Let's dive in. Okay, so, the World's End pub mm-hmm. is situated on the Royal Mile in Edinburgh. Have you ever been in there? Yeah. I don't think I've been in most pubs in Edinburgh. Oh yeah, I was going to say, but that's a silly question. <laughs> yeah, I've been in there, but no, I haven't been. I haven't been for a night out in there. I, I'm sure I've been in there for a couple of like. Is it still open? Maybe in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, I think it's still open. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't. I've, I've obviously like been in the vicinity of it, but I'm not sure I've actually ever been in it. 
Yeah, it's like it's sort of like I'm sure it's on a corner. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, I can only vaguely picture it. Yeah. Picture it. So the Royal Mile in Edinburgh, there's a, there's a few traditional pubs there, and they all have meanings to their names. Uh-huh. So I just thought I'd like you know what the name the meaning of this pub is. The World's End pub. It has like a a, a sign on the outside that tells you oh, what right, it means. Okay. Uh-huh. So back in the 16th century, the city of Edinburgh was a walled city. Parts of the flooding wall still exist in the foundations of the building and at the bottom of St Mary Street. The flooding wall was what was used to protect the old town. Right. So it's actually still part of the building. Oh, right, okay. Uh-huh. Um, the gates to the, sit- the city were situated outside the pub. Uh-huh. The brass cobbles in the road rep- represent their exact location. As far as the... As the Sorry. As far as the people of Edinburgh were concerned, outside these gates was no longer their world. Oh, right. Hence okay. the name, The World's End. I did not know that. So there you go. A wee bit of history for you. I know, totally. And get a wee bit of science later. I know. We're all <laughs> science. I've got to say, but for anybody that doesn't know, the Royal Mile has like the Edinburgh Castle at the top of the, the Royal Mile, isn't it? So yeah. if you're ever a tourist in Edinburgh, that's somewhere that everybody always goes. So you might well come across the World's End pub if you... If you go right down there. Because yeah. I'm assuming that... Because it's the Royal Mile, because royalty, the castle's at the top, I'm sure that it must be a mile long, yeah. the street. I'm assuming. I think that is why it is. That, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that. Um, and then at the bottom, you've got um, Holyrood. Oh, Holyrood Palace. Holyrood Palace. So you've got the Edinburgh Castle at one end yep. and Holyrood Palace at the other That's end. Right. So, so the World's End pub is up that way. It's there somewhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. A wee bit of history lesson for oh, you. Well, I did not know that. There you go. Just and, shows and, you. It doesn't matter where you're from. You still don't know everything about where you're from. Exactly. And there's always some interest, interesting stuff to find out, isn't there? There is, there is. So there's your wee history lesson. As I said, I'll give you a wee bit of science later. Okay, I didn't like history or science at school. So. Ah, okay. I, was not, I don't think I was very good at either, to be fair. So I'm sure our listeners are wondering why I'm telling you about this pub. Uh-huh, yes. You know, back to the case, because we're just waffling there. Um, and the reason I'm telling you about this pub is because it's the last place that two girls were seen alive on the 15th of October, 1977. So Christine Edie and Helen Scott who were both 17, were on a girls' night out with two other friends. Oh, they were underage. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think they were that strict on no. ID and stuff like that back then. Probably not, no. Um, Christine and Helen had known each other since they were kids. They had gone to school together and they were best friends. So they'd met up with the other couple of girls in the town centre and they they just went on a, pit, on a pub crawl around Edinburgh and they ended up in the World's End pub. Mm-hmm. So they got there around 9pm, um, they'd had a few drinks but they weren't drunk. Um, the pub was really busy, because uh, it's quite a small pub mm. and there was like, like hundreds of people in there. Yeah. So it was like absolutely crammed, but the, the girls did manage to get a seat just as you went in, in the door, uh-huh. um, amongst some other people. Christine and Helen's two friends, they went off to the toilet at one point, and while they were away, Helen and Christine were approached by two men. Right. They sat down and started chatting to the girls. So the other two girls came back from the toilet and they had been asked to go to a party elsewhere. Right. So they asked Christine and Helen if they wanted to go to the party, but they said no, they they were quite happy just chatting to these two guys, so they said no thanks. So the the other two girls left and Christine and Helen stayed. Man, I'm kind of thinking maybe they should have went to that party. They should have went to that party, yeah. Oh, God, So later when they left at closing time, which was about 20 past 10. Oh my god, not that. <laughs> so, well, I'm assuming it was shut at half 10, so at 20 past, that's, you know, right, okay. chucking out time. Of 
God, that's that's just the beginning of a night now, <laughs> is it not in Edinburgh? <laughs> Twenty past ten. That's early. I know. Um, so, yeah. So they left at, um, at closing time, and the beat policeman remembers seeing Helen and Christine leaving at the pub. They weren't with the two guys, but they were close by. It's like you know what it's like when it's closing time and everybody sort yeah, of hangs yeah. about uh, and chats yeah, and sort of spill out and yeah. yeah. So the guys were sort of hanging about. Then they they moved down a bit and then they disappeared down St Mary Street. Um, and that was the last time Helen and Christine were seen alive. Wow. Okay. So their family, <clears throat> excuse me, their families were obviously worried when the girls didn't come home that night. But each of them thought that their daughter like one of the went to stay at each other's houses yeah, you know uh, uh-huh. so one parent thought oh she must have stayed at so-and-so's Sometimes house so, yeah. and vice versa mm-hmm. so there was no great panic until the next game day right so the next morning it was realized that neither of them had stayed with the other mm-hmm. so the families were frantic and they were you know the usual phoning around friends and family getting in the car driving around knocking on doors mm-hmm. but they were nowhere to be found so then they were reported as missing right but just just as the girls just as they reported the girls missing, Christine's body was found by some dog walkers on a beach at Gosford Bay in East Lothian, which is, what, about half an hour, 40, mi- 40 minutes drive from Edinburgh, East yeah. Lothian? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Way? Not, yeah. Not, not far. It's not far, about, about, about half an hour from Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was about 2pm the next again day, which was the 16th of October, mm-hmm. 1977. So Christine was found lying on her back. She was naked and tied up and she had been beaten raped and strangled with her own clothing oh wow there had been no attempt to cover up the body or conceal it it was just like it it was like she'd just been abandoned there right then helen's body was found later that day that Mm. was a few miles away in a field at coates farm near harrington which is also in east lothian Uh so she was she was wearing a coat but nothing else and she had also been beaten raped and strangled with her own clothing And it looked like Helen had been taken to the field when she was still alive and it became clear at post-mortem that she had died after Christine. So Christine had been first and then Helen had died. So police started investigating and they were trying to find out the identities of the two men that the girls had last been seen talking to. Uh But they had thousands of leads, uh, but they just got absolutely nowhere. Right. Um, and also they had forensic evidence, but they just didn't have the technology back then. No, because so, was the 70s. Well, so, yeah, it's like 1977, uh-huh. so you can imagine. Yeah. So they, they actually had the foresight to preserve everything oh, and wow. hope that in the future this could be analysed yeah. again with more advanced technology if needed. Uh-huh. So after a year, they just didn't have any more leads to follow up on, so the inquiry was just scaled right back. Um, throughout the 1980s and 90s, any new leads were followed up and statements rechecked, but still the detectives came up with nothing. Right. They never gave up, yeah. but they could only do so much, you know, uh-huh. with what they had. Right. So the police had all, always thought with fair certainty that two men had been involved, because first of all, two men had been seen with the girls, and secondly, because killing two young, fit girls just wouldn't have been easy. No. You know, for just one person to do. Yeah. Well, at the moment, it does sound like they're... Uh... <laughs> something to do with it yeah so however in 1997 the Lothian and Borders police cold case unit instructed further forensic work to be done now that the technology was more advanced uh-huh. and there was no evidence to suggest that there were two people oh right okay from all the tests that they carried out like there was blood on Helen's coat and there was semen on the coat as well and they collected hair um, that was all just one profile they never got a second profile right okay 
So when they got the DNA profile for this one man, they thought they thought they'd done it. They're like, yes, we've cracked it. Uh -huh. Because at that time, the DNA databases were starting to be produced throughout the world. Right. Okay. So they were. They just thought we're going to put yeah. this in the system and, and we're, we're going to find this. Uh -huh. uh, nah. No. <laughs> um, they decided to compare the DNA profile to a database of profiles of criminals who uh -huh. had served time in prison, confident that there would be a match between their sample and an existing offender. But no, it didn't match any of the profiles on the database. But the police were gobsmacked. They just couldn't believe that this murderer... Which is like a one-off. Was, yeah, was was somebody who hadn't offended before because yeah. most, most people don't start at murder, do they? You know, they'll kind yeah, of work yeah. up to it. I know. So they, they thought it was inconceivable given the nature of the crime. Uh -huh. So they were actually stopped in their tracks for quite some time until a new development in 2004... Now remember, oh, wow. this, these murders were 1990, uh, 1977. I mean, I know that's still a while now, but it's still, it's still, well, 2004, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. So, almost 30 years mm. after the murders, uh -huh. adv advances in forensic science meant clues that had remained hidden for so long were finally being revealed. Mm -hmm. Here's your science lesson. Oh, God. Get Sorry. away with it. It's not long. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I've... Didn't really, I don't really understand science, so I was like, I'll make it simple. Uh, yeah, I did biology. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like that very much. Yeah, so. I, I did chemistry and just went home, usually. Yeah. And had a bath <laughs> instead, of going to my, <laughs> instead of going to my lesson. <laughs> so, um, there was a technology using Y chromosomes. And if you look at the Y chromosome, you get the profile from the father. And that remains the same throughout the male line. Mm -hmm. So that could be your father, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, your uncles, your brothers, etc. Right. They're all going to have the same profile. Right, okay. So they intended to use that technology to try and focus on people on the database. And they could find someone... And oh, maybe so maybe they could, find like a member of the family. Yeah, they could find somebody who was paternally linked to ah, the right, suspect. Okay. Or, yeah, hi. Yeah, because mm -hmm. obviously it's the male, yeah, the male yeah. line. Mm -hmm. So... They needed to find a source of the killer's DNA that hadn't been used before. Right. So luckily, there was a sample that had been kept in a freezer that had never been looked at. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, good, good on these, sa these scientists Very for good. keeping the stuff. Absolutely. So the, this was a small square of material that was taken from Helen's coat. So it had been kept sealed and locked up for all the years. Wow. So it was tested and they checked it for the Y chromosome. And one of... The samples, it had a different profile from the one they were expecting. Oh. So it meant there was two male oh, so DNA samples two. on that piece of coat that had been kept all those years. Uh -huh. There was the one that they already knew about and the other one that was so faint that only modern technology would have spotted it. That's oh, why it was never right. spotted. Well, they hadn't actually checked that bit, obviously. Right, aye, but, but yeah. Um, the reason why they hadn't found it on anything else was because the technology oh, just, just wasn't aye, good enough. just wasn't good enough back yeah. then, yeah. So I, I found that really interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, that is interesting. See, science isn't uh -huh. that bad. Well, depends what it is. <laughs> Whatever it's to do with. Well, there you go. Was your science lesson okay? No, I enjoyed that. Uh, okay, you could so be a science teacher, an anniversary teacher. <laughs> so they put the second sample on the database and straight away they got a match. Oh, right, okay. And that was Angus Robertson Sinclair. Right. So that's the name that oh, I knew. Oh, I was going to say Sinclair, yeah. yeah. I, I have heard that name, yeah. actually. That rings a bell. Well, that's, that's I knew him so as he the, was the So basically, he was the one... With the faint one that could have got nearly got away with it then, if technology. No, he was actually um, the other. I think he was actually the main one. Right. Um, and maybe I, word, I, I think I, word, I worded that wrong. Anyway, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, and we'll find out about another yeah. one. So he, but he, he was currently serving a life sentence already. So oh, there right. you go. It was an offender. Uh -huh. 
um, for a series of sexual crimes against young girls. Right. Um, he had also been convicted of murdering a 17-year-old called Mary Gallica in 1978. Um, when he was 15, he had killed a 10-year-old girl called Catherine Rehill. Catherine was a neighbour of his. He had asked her to go to the shop to get him some sweets and he would give her money for it. Mm-hmm. When she got back, he sexually assaulted and killed her by strangling her. Okay. As he was a minor, because he was only 15, mm-hmm. he was charged with culpable homicide and he got 10 years. Right. As it wasn't an, an adult conviction, there was no big record of it. Uh-huh. So that sucks. I wonder if that sucks. This should be changed now, I would think. Yeah, like, probably. So the judge from that trial actually said that from his reading of the psychiatric reports of Angus Sinclair, that Angus represented a clear and consistent danger to women, and it always would be. Right. If that was the case, he should have been keeping an eye on them then. Well, yeah, I know. So, with the murders of Christine and Helen, though, the fact remained that the forensic evidence found on the girls suggested two murderers. Uh-huh. They knew that Angus Sinclair was one, but right. they still had to find the other. Yeah. So, detectives began investigating family members and of his, uh-huh. and, and they noticed that male relatives of Sinclair's wife Right. Shared common characteristics with their mystery profile. Oh. So they quickly eliminated all but one of her brothers. Oh, right, okay. So the remaining man was called Gordon Hamilton. Well, so this was... I've yeah, I hadn't heard of him. No, heard so this is his, um, Angus Sinclair's brother-in-law. Right, okay. But the problem facing the police was that he was dead. Oh. And the his remains had been cremated. Right, okay. Is that maybe why I've not heard of him as much then? Well, yeah, I think because he was obviously... Uh-huh. He was already dead, so yeah, yeah. I, 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 when I was researching it, I was like, was there one person or was there two? Because as far as I was concerned, I thought there was only one person. Yeah. But just right. goes to show we didn't know. Well, there you facts, go. Yeah. Did we? Exactly. So the scientists were telling police that they were almost certain that Gordon ha- Hamilton was the other murderer. Uh-huh. They just missed that last piece of DNA to confirm it. Right. So obviously, even though he was dead, they still. Wanted to confirm it, they needed I was to say, know. Did but he was he in the the database then to be able to do that, or was he not in the database, or did he, he not? He was. Um, no, I don't think he was on the database because they just found. They must have found somebody who was related to his wife, right? Because of the chromosome, right? Okay. And that's how they eliminated the the brother. So I don't think he was actually on the database. I don't know about his past, so right, I, okay. I don't. I was going to say that we don't know if he actually had done anything else. Or... No, I don't know. I um I didn't actually research him. I didn't look into his past mm. to find that out. So yeah. maybe I should have. So that's right. Um, yeah. So they they needed a bit of his his DNA to confirm it. Mm-hmm. So they set about trying to fit to to locate that DNA. So, unfortunately, all the materials that there might have been remaining from him that might help the police to identify his DNA were unavailable. They had been destroyed. Right. There was no record anywhere of him being in any, like, hospitals or hostels, B&Bs, anything like that. But they just needed to find somewhere that would identify him. Mm-hmm. So, they found out that he had done some handyman... This is quite interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. He'd done some handyman work at a house of one of his friends back in the 90s. Right. So, investigators went to that house, which would have been, like, 10 years later... Uh-huh. And they examined the room that he had fitted cornicing in. You know what cornicing uh-huh, yeah, is yeah. on the ceiling? On the ceiling, yeah. Uh-huh. So the scientists removed the cornicing because they said that that would be the best place for any DNA to be left. I'm assuming because it's on the ceiling, so yeah, it's, not nobody's going to be touching uh, it. Not being tampered. And they were right. Oh, in wow. an area where he had been holding the back of the, 
the cornison and fitting it together, uh-huh. they found DNA. Oh, wow. And that DNA matched the mystery profile that they had been looking for. Wow. So at last, they'd found Christine and Helen's murderers, yeah. Angus Sinclair and Gordon Hamilton. That's amazing, man. I know. I, I, I found that really interesting. I know. Even to actually think to, to go and do that. Like, that's, that's... I know. Who would even think to go and, like, find DNA from the fact that he'd, like, that fitted some cornison? shows you, though, how, how long... In an untampered sort of place, yeah. that DNA can linger. Yeah, I mean that was. I mean, because if he'd done work somewhere else, they might not necessarily have found his DNA because it could have been like obviously touched and well, exactly. cleaned and yeah, all the rest of it. I but know. because it's up on the ceiling, it wouldn't have probably been. Yeah, yeah that's mental. I know. So the police actually started looking to see if they could have been responsible for more crimes. Mm-hmm. So Op- Operation Trinity was born, and officers looked over files of historic murders in Scotland. So there were similarities to some murders that had happened in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 1977, Angus was earning good money through criminal activities and also from working as well. I don't know what he did for a job, but apparently he was, he was like a really hard worker. Oh, right, okay. Um, and he bought himself a brand new Toyota Caravanette, mm-hmm. which was to go fishing with. Right. So at weekends, he would travel all over Scotland, sometimes by himself and sometimes with Gordon Hamilton mm-hmm. to go fishing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did they well, exactly. <laughs> I think they used that as an opportunity for yeah, other yeah. stuff. So the police started looking into these trips. Uh, the, they were looked at between 1977 and 1980, and very quickly they came across Anna Kenny, Hilda McCauley, Agnes, and Agnes Cooney, who had all been murdered in Glasgow, and their murders were very sim- similar to the World's End murders. Uh-huh. They were all sexually motivated murders. They had all been tied and strangled with their own clothing, and abandoned at various places in the countryside. So it sounded yeah, exactly very similar, same. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> the problem was there was no forensic evidence in these cases. None of it was left. It had been lost or destroyed over the years since their murders in the late 70s. Yeah. So with the evidence mounting, officers confronted Angus Sinclair in prison. Mm-hmm. At the time, he was serving a life sentence, which I'd said earlier. Yeah. Um, and he had been since 1982 after admitting 11 counts of raping girls between the ages of 6 oh. and 14. Right. Monster. Yeah, totally. Um, and as I said earlier, in 2001, in 2001, he was also convicted of murdering 17-year-old Mary Gallagher. Uh, she had been strangled with her own clothing and then raped. Mm-hmm. Although he was in prison with little chance of release, Angus revealed nothing about the World's End oh, right. murders. Okay. You think, why not? You've not got the. Well, yeah, you would think he would just say, oh, well, you know, I'm in here for life anyway, so. <laughs> but no, he was a, um, one of the police officers had said he was a classic, organised, professional criminal, mm-hmm. hard as nails, been in prison most of his life, and he just gave no response whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw some police footage of them interviewing him. And he just sat there with his arms crossed, oh, really? not yeah. answering them. Just actually, just like, thought if I was sitting across that table from you, I probably would have punched you. Yeah, I was gonna say he was probably just sitting there with like a big smirk. And well, I couldn't just, see, but yeah, he was just sitting there, just you know, big, just big, big man thinking mm. he's all, he's all smart and yeah. yeah. So even with the silence, though, the police were undeterred, and in two thousand and seven, Angus Sinclair faced trial, charged with the murders of Christine and Helen. Mm-hmm. The lack of forensic evidence, though, linking him to the historic murders in Glasgow meant prosecutors decided not to charge him yeah. with the murders of Anna Kenny, Hilda McCauley, or Agnes Cooney. Right. So those murders still remain unsolved, unless, but it is but, thought it uh, was them yeah. that done it. Um, the trial of Angus Sinclair began in Edinburgh on the 27th of August 2007, 
and that was just six weeks short of the 30th anniversary of the World's End murders. Mm -hmm. Sinclair, who had remained silent for so long, indicated that the sex was consensual. That was his defence that... Oh, so then he started to admit that that he had been involved with them. Yeah, he said that he'd been, but like, he just didn't know what happened to them after that. Aye, right then. So the judge decided that there was no case to answer to. Eh? as the evidence at that time wasn't strong enough right. for him to convict, so the case was effectively ended and thrown out. Oh, right. So, but every, everyone was shocked because it was just so obvious that he was guilty, but, uh-huh. you know, you need, well, you need, you need the, the evidence, ah, don't yeah. you? Oh, that's true. You can't so, just convict him because you think it, it, it is. Yeah, exactly. You can't just go, well, we're sure that he did it, so we're going to convict yeah. him. You need the evidence. Definitely. So everyone was shocked. I, I said everyone was shocked. So um, under double jeopardy at that time, it couldn't be retried, and that, so basically, that was that. Uh-huh. But... The double jeopardy law went out the window. <laughs> Lord Advocate Frank Mulholland QC said, quote, double jeopardy is a very important important principle in UK law, in UK law, Scotland, England and Wales, the principle of finality. If you stand trial for a, cra- a crime and you're acquitted, that's the end of proceedings against you. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a view that was grown up as societal attitudes, attitudes changed with that and it didn't really meet modern science nope. and that was regarded as hugely unfair and unjust I think so because I mean as I said you know like if they've you know they've obviously got a credit for whatever reason but more evidence can come to light that then does really think oh no it is actually that person so I think it's quite right that they can be retried for yeah well there. Um, the law was actually changed, as I'm about to tell you. Mm-hmm. So encouraged by the way of public opinion, the prosecutor's office and legal experts presented a case for changing the legislation. So the Double Jeopardy Scotland Act was passed in 2011 oh, okay. with strict conditions. And so, like, so there is still a Double Jeopardy law, but individuals can now face a retrial but only if new and compelling evidence is available. Ah, yeah, so they can't just so, do it for the sake no, of it. It's they can't be... just go, well, actually, we don't really believe that, so we're going to try them again. There has to be Aye. new and compelling yeah, evidence. I get that. I mean, that's, you know, that's Which is the way it should always be. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. That That is how I see it should be, so, yeah. So the police gathered in all the evidence, all the exhibits in the case, and preserved them as they had been preserved in the past for by the scientists. Mm-hmm. And they continued to wait to see how things developed. Yeah. Um, as I said, they would have had to use new evidence if they wanted to give Sinclair a retrial. Mm-hmm. So investigators went back to the scientists and brought out new interpretations of the forensic evidence that were new and that were compelling. DNA had moved on and forensic science had introduced a new um, a device called Crime Light. Mm-hmm. So what this did was that it showed Sinclair's and Hamilton's DNA on the folds of the ligatures used to strangle the girls. All right. So... It proved that they hadn't they hadn't only just touched these garments, but they had actually tied them. Oh, right, okay. So uh-huh. they obviously didn't have that before. Uh-huh, yeah. And so this evidence shattered Sinclair's statement that the sex was consensual because oh, now yeah. they can prove that they were t- the girls yeah. were tied up. Uh-huh, and that they did it. Yeah. So the second trial took place on the 13th of October 2014 at the High Court in Livingston, West Lothian. Judges had determined that there was enough new evidence to meet the criteria laid down by the new Double Jeopardy, Double Jeopardy Act. Sinclair's was the first trial to be heard under the new legislation. Right. So this time, Sinclair decided to give evidence on his own behalf. He said that he met the girls in the pub and they offered them a lift home and they took him off up on the offer. Mm-hmm. He said that he took them to Holyrood Park. Not, like, down East Lothian. Holyrood, Holyrood Park? Park well, that's just, like, down is, the road. Yeah. Why would they need a lift down there? But... <laughs> For anybody that doesn't know, I mean, it's literally a few minutes it's walk. A, yeah, it's a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so he got he got out of the driver's seat into the back of the van because um, it was his caravanette. Ah, yeah, uh-huh. And he had consensual sex with both the girls, and that Gordon did the same. Right. They both had consensual sex with both the girls. Oh, right. Right, yeah, exactly. Well, that's obviously what the, the court thought as well, because after 37 years, mm-hmm. Angus Sinclair was found guilty mm-hmm. of the world's end murders. He was sentenced to 37 years in prison. So basically, a year for every year, the, uh, year that the, had been after. Yeah. Yes. So, and that was actually the longest sentence ever handed down in a Scottish court. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but I mean, he was 69. Um, yeah. When he got sentenced, uh-huh. and he actually died. Oh, was he dead? Uh, yeah, he died age seventy-three on the eleventh of March two thousand and nineteen. Oh, so, so he only served a few years. Of yeah, that. he only served a few years of that. But I mean, he was in prison anyway. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. but I mean, I think the main thing is he was found guilty. Ah, exactly, he was convicted, and it was closure for yeah the, the girls' families. Exactly, because obviously the other guy been dead already. I mean, he he, he didn't have to face the consequences. Exactly. So. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So there wow. you go. I thought I, I find that quite yeah, an interesting actually, case. That's, that's far more interesting than I thought it was. And Did, uh, when I said to you last night, I'm going to give you a science lesson. I and know. Like, oh no. I was thinking, oh God, what's it going to be? But no, that's, <laughs> uh, that's actually really good. And that's it, because I'd, I'd heard of the murders and I knew what had sort of roughly happened to the girls and stuff like that. But yeah. I, I didn't know the, the, the whole ins and outs of it. So. Well, as I said, I was I was surprised that it was two guys. I actually did all this time. Mm-hmm. I've actually I actually thought it was only no, Angus Sinclair. I, like I, I feel like I knew there was two guys, but I say I mean you you hear things on the news, you read things, you just don't know the full story. You only you only know like the main bit. So it just shows you. I mean, even you know for listeners out there that you may have heard of crimes and stuff that people cover, but have you actually heard of the the story from start to finish? You haven't yeah. always, you know. Oh, well, you never do. You never know the the real story of anything until you actually research it. Or you actually listen to it mm-hmm. on a podcast, or you read it, read about it. You know, if you're just yeah. listening on the news, you just get the main sort of. Yeah, you just get the headlines, don't you? You don't get the yeah the main story, the whole story. There you go. Well, so there you go. So there's our Patreon episode for the week. Yes, we for the fortnight. Should I say? Yes, Cause we. we do. <laughs> For the fortnight. Yep, so thank you for listening and we will be back next time. If you want to follow us on our socials, you know where we are because you're a Patreon. Exactly. <laughs> Find us on Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, TikTok. TikTok. Email us. Yeah, you know yeah. where we're at. Yeah, you know where we are. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.